That night he ran and danced deep within that electric purple haze. education and anime i'm your anime idiot patrick dugan i'm an anime expert dana hollander and i'm brenna mccullough your anime tom cruise being appropriated into a samurai movie oh yeah remember that movie? very topical <laughs> it's, i just was thinking about samurais and i was like why the fuck was tom cruise in a samurai movie why do we need that <laughs> i wish you just that. said hi i'm samurai jack <laughs> it's me jack <laughs> Which isn't even his real name. Like, looking back on that I've, series. I haven't watched it's just it. A, <laughs> yeah, I, I know nothing about it. I last watched that show when I was, like, seven. So, uh, oh, can't really help you on your uh, Samurai Jack lore. Uh, yeah, I have every episode. I love it. <laughs> I also talked with Phil Lamar, the voice actor, on my podcast. Check out that episode. It's real short because he's busy. <laughs> Famous. Hey, we do plugs <laughs> at the end, uh, Buster sorry. Brown. Uh, okay. Hey, wait, quick, quick shout out. My big brother Ben wanted to say hi to all the weebs out there. So my big brother Ben says hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi, <Thanks>, Ben. ben. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to Ben. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, all the right. reason we're talking about samurais today is because the, ep- uh, the episode, the show we're watching, is Samurai Shampoo. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, this is something I only know about through reputation, because I know our studio did it, uh, and I saw posters, but beyond that, I know nothing about it. Yeah, same. Oh, wow, uh, really? I know it's popular, and I don't, uh, I haven't watched huh. it. that surprises me. It was, you know, one of the Toonami staples, and it's done by the same creative team behind Cowboy Bebop. So that's why I got a lot of recognition early on. And it's also just very good in its mm. own right. So it's a lot of the same cast. Yeah, and this was running 2004 to 2005. Yes. I, 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 uh, I definitely see the Cowboy Bebop in it now that I'm thinking about it. Not that I've seen Cowboy Bebop either, but the style. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Yeah, and I believe it's a similar voice cast. I know at least the main character... Or Steve Bloom is the main character for both Bebop and Shampoo. So, um, but oh. the music is very well integrated and it's a different kind of music we'll see. It's like hip hop and it's really kind of like odd for samurai stuff and it works well, just the style. And they even kind of admit they're like, we're not trying to be realistic. Like, we're, we're telling a story in our own way. If it seems outlandish, it's because it is. Like, just go with it. It's style is the most important aspect of the show. And mm. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I am interested because I know there is such a repu- uh, a reputation of, like, the jazz incorporated into Cowboy Bebop. So I, I'm i interested to see how they interweave hip-hop with uh, the samurai. <laughs> they do it well. And the creative director behind this, uh, I forget his first name, Watanabe, is also going to be the producing the Blade Runner anime that's going to be coming out based off Blade Runner 2049. 
I don't oh. know if I'm the only one excited about that, but I am. You probably uh, are. At least I think so. At least, yeah. <laughs> and from these th- from these three people, this very small sample. Uh. <laughs> hey, uh, that's thirty three percent. That's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> that's true. Good point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we're watching episodes one, six, and nine. Uh, uh, we'll discuss details later about any reason for why. Uh, these episodes were picked, 69. Brendan? 69. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know reason with that video. <laughs> a begrudging nice to you, sir. Nice. <laughs> um, no, the show is, it's it's got an overarching story throughout the whole season, or series, it's only one season, um, but the, it's nothing really plot intensive, It's it's pretty episodic. So we can easily jump around and mm. not like, oh man, we're missing like so much of the story because it's it's pretty much the major arc is set up in the first episode, which we'll see, and it's kind of like wrapped up in the last two. Everything else is kind of you know them on the journey, but no real major plot points. So uh, I jumped around to just episodes I remembered and thought were good. So and really, really captured the like I just stylized. Uh, I I don't want to keep relying on the word style. There's other words. But they're just not coming to me right now. Um, just kind of the crazy way they draw and animate and write this show. And I think these episodes just highlight it the best. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, yeah. Shall we uh, Shall we uh, drop on in into to some samurai action? Absolutely. Get into it. Uh, damn it, I couldn't make a Post Malone sunflower joke quick, ah, quick enough. Oh, well, we thought man. of it. That would have been perfect. We damn didn't it. make the reference, but we thought about making one. That counts. Don't tweet at us. It's the thought that counts. Don't at me. And I'm with thought. Okay. Back to business. Yes. So, we watched episodes one, six, and nine. So, I think one is a good place to start. Here we go. The least confusing. We start off with the opening, which is chill lo-fi beats to study to. The origin of chill <laughs> lo-fi anime. Yeah, I mean, it's still hip-hop. Hip-hop is not lo- lo-fi beats. No. I guess it can be, but... Um, it's chill enough. I found myself, like, bobbing my head, and I was like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> That's a sign. <laughs> what is not, happening to me? At least the not rhythm. anime openings. This is weird. <laughs> I'm succumbing to the rhythm. Get those tasty oh, no. fat beats. <laughs> yeah, it was very, yeah, like, I was just like, ooh, grooving. Mm, mm, it's very mm. chill. It has it sets up a very chill vibe. Yeah. yeah, it also establishes what you're expecting for the rest of the show right off the bat of, hey, here's immediately samurai imagery with hip-hop. Yeah, and that's what you're here for. <laughs> um, So, uh, one of my favorite things about the show mm-hmm. is the way the... Mm, whether the narrator has a voice or if it's just like on-screen things, mm-hmm. the narrator kind of plays with the viewer, and I really like that. It's very um, Jane the Virgin. I don't know if either of you watch nope. it. I've seen mm. bits and pieces. Yeah, well, the narrator in that also kind of plays with the audience and like interacts with the audience, and I think that's a really cool thing. We- because before the show starts, it's like, just so you know, this isn't an ha- accurate historical portrayal. 
Not that you care. Enjoy the show. <laughs> There's also a later episode where it does the like preview or kind of the tease from the next episode. And they're like, a uh, text comes up saying, like, we'll see where the gang ends up in uh, this city. And you hear Mugen and uh, Gene, the main character, being like, what? Why are we going there? And they're like, shut up. Just go with it. Like, so they can see the text that the narrator saying. So it breaks the fourth wall with mm. the narrator a, a fair amount. Yeah. Love it. I love Clever. that. Yeah. So we start with two men that are about to be beheaded. Oh, no. They're obviously the main characters. How would they ever get out <laughs> of this? They're very distinct. Uh, differentiated from everyone else in that scene they must be important i bet you're wondering how i got <laughs> yep, here that's me <laughs> literal records <laughs> scratches it's the transitions um and then we're taken back to one day earlier but not before they make the mistake of taking us all the way into the future where there are cars and i was like what's happening <laughs> it was one day earlier in current japan and they're like whoa, whoa, whoa. no let's go back to feudal japan and go way back <laughs> i love that Love it. So we're taken back to one day earlier, before these boys are beheaded. Mm -hmm. We are shown gross dudes in a restaurant, harassing women, harassing an old man. (laughs) One of them was just grabbing a table. Yeah, jerks being jerks. And then we're also shown a crowd of people around a guy who's begging the governor for uh, to keep his job. Um... And the governor is like, give me the money in your pockets and then we'll see. And he's like, this is spare change to me. And there's one person in the crowd who is not happy about it. A tall man who stands out a lot. (laughs) Big white hat and glasses. Yep. And a ponytail. Well, I guess that's not too uncommon in this this era, this, this time, this place. Um... So then we, so we get, we get flashes of both and they're kind of mixed up in my mind. But, um, then we see the restaurant, uh, where there's a waitress named Fu and, uh, a dude comes in and he, now that you've said the cowboy bebop thing, he definitely reminds me of Spike mm-hmm. Spiegel. He's got the big hair. He's got the real laid back, uh, attitude and he's voiced by Steve Bloom. Yeah. There you go. He's got it all. <laughs> the perfect package. Um, he comes in and s- yeah, he comes in and sits down, and the waitress is like, hey, what can I get you? And he just says, water. And she's like, oh, well, I mean, we only serve customers, so you're going to have to buy stuff. And he kind of takes a look around, uh, and he beckons to her, and she comes down to hear what he has to say, and he says, for 50 dumplings, I'll get rid of all of these men. And she's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Please no fight. Please don't kill people in my restaurant. Um, but then... Can I do some murder in your place that you'll have to clean up <laughs> if you also give me free food? Is that, is that a deal? Can is that okay? Terms? Um, so as she's walking away, uh, she is taking tea to another table and she trips and the tea splashes all over a customer and he's not happy about that. And he decides that the only way to compensate for his embarrassment is to take one of her fingers. Yeah. We find out uh, from other patrons, like, gossiping, kind of, like, whispering to each other that this is the governor's kid. And he's a real asshole. Yeah. So I thought that was cool is that he is an asshole. (laughs) That we're seeing... um, That's what's cool about him. Him. We're seeing... We find out the Spike Spiegel character's name is Mugen. We're seeing Mugen deal with the governor's son, and then we're seeing Jin, the glasses-haired guy, deal with the governor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> this is cool. Attack on two fronts. Um, so uh, he, uh, they kind of pin Fu down, and they're getting ready to do it. Uh, they're getting ready to hurt her. And she just yells, 100 dumplings! 
And Mugen stands up and he's like, haha, that sucks. Your guys' lives are worth 100 dumplings. What is that? Five dumplings a piece. And then the cook in the back is like, his math is way off. <laughs> There's like eight guys maybe. <laughs> and they're like, that's, that's not right. That's not even close. Yeah, this is sort of where this show really grabbed me because I just love that like very dumb humor on these like very tense situations. Yeah. Uh, so it's at this point we get like intercut fights of Mugen fighting the guys in the restaurant and then Jean taking out the governor's bodyguards. And it was at this point I was like, oh my god, they're so cool. Ruin the bourgeoisie. Yes. Revolution. Revolution. Um, so back in the restaurant, we see the governor's son, and he's he's watched Mugen kill at least like four or five dudes. And he's just like, um, you better not mess with me. I'm the governor's son. And I was Do just you like, even <laughs> know who I am? Excuse me. I feel like me. I'm kind I of. I feel a like we get deal. these voices a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I can't. Help it's it. an anime trope of like the rich kid, the bully. So it works. Yeah. Um. So I I'm having trouble remembering exactly what we see Gene do. I know he he kills the bodyguards, and then the government governor's like, "Oh, do you want money? I'll give you money. I'm so sorry. Please don't kill me." And then he just takes the uh, the guy who was begging, he takes the spare change and leaves. Is that pretty yeah. much it? he takes, like, the gold pieces he yeah. has. So I guess, like, the biggest currency yeah. of the uh, offer he gave to the governor. And then he's like, ah, this is enough. And then just heads out. Okay, cool. Um, so Mugen, I forget what he asks them to go get. Just, like, more people for the him to fight? The governor's <laughs> kid was pleat, like... He was saying, like, don't you know who I am? And, like, you shouldn't be attacking my guys. And then he got real baby. Because that's all he has. He knows he can't fight this guy. So he's just, like, leaning in yeah. hard to the only thing he might have, which is bluffing. And he says his father's, the governor's bodyguards are these elite group of samurai who can take down anyone. And really hyping up his bodyguards, who, at this moment, are just being killed by Gene. Are, yeah. So okay, he's like, I'll, you know, I'll go get my, or I'll call my dad's bodyguards. And Mugen's kind of like, yeah, you do that. I want to fight those guys. And he tells the other thugs to go get them. And he gives them to the count of 10. And while he's, okay, okay. I want to talk about this. Sorry. It's fine. I love this part. So he, t- he tells him, like, I will give you until I count on all of your dude's fingers. Goodbye. And then they run out. And I was expecting him to cut off his fingers one by one. No, he bends back this guy's fingers, just breaking them one at a time as he's counting. Snap, snap. It's incredible. But by like, (laughs) I think by six or seven, he's kind of just bored. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh my God, are they really not going to come back? Nine, eight, seven, six. Still like, still like laissez faire breaking the dude's fingers, like just nonchalantly. Yeah. He's like, let me just speed it up. I'll just break all of them. They're not going to be back yeah. in 10 seconds. Let me just get this over with. Yeah, I'll just do it. I'm so impatient. I'm bored. <laughs> um, so the bodyguards don't show up, but Gene what? does. And then Mugen is like, oh, are you the guys? Are you the guy? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but if you want to fight, I'm down. If you're talking about those samurai <laughs> that I just killed, then no, I'm not those guys. But I'll fight you. So they are super evenly matched, which was exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while they're fighting, 
a man comes in and drops like a jug of gasoline on the ground and lights the dumpling place on fire, which I didn't understand. Yeah, he's the guy from earlier. Yeah. He was kind of the governor's kids, like main guy who was like gloating about his sword oh. and cuts his hand off in the beginning and starts the initial fight. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I missed that too. I was like, why is just a random arsonist <laughs> thrown into the mix? But <laughs> after he gets his hand cut off, he kind of gets like crazy, kind of like a crazed look and looks pretty different from what he looked at earlier. So yeah, it's hard to tell right away. Yeah. Um, but so the place is burning down. Uh, Mugen and Jean don't run away. They're just still in there. Um, and then they wake up and they're all tied up and the governor is like, Hey, my son was murdered in that fire and I'm not happy about it. So, uh, they are tortured until the next day when they will be executed. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Um, and then back at the restaurant, Fu and the owners, I suppose, are kind of in the, in the wreckage. And the owners are like, hey, Fu, we know Dead Mom Club, you don't have a family. <laughs> Check. Um, so uh, if you, if you want to come with us, like, you're more than welcome. And she's like, no, this forced me to make up my mind. And I was like, oh, is she going to become a samurai? <laughs> uh, I was really, I was really hoping for that. That would be great. Kick some ass. Um, so uh, Mugen and Jean formally introduce themselves while they're being held captive. Held captive, mm-hmm. I don't know, in Torture. prison. Gene also comments um, and his, uh, fighting, Mugen's fighting style is very relaxed and um, undisciplined. Uh, and we see that with him jumping around mm-hmm. and kicking tables over and just it's very untraditional. Fluid. Yeah. Um, and then we, we are shown Fu trying to break into the jail. And she's like, please, I'll do anything, Mr. Guard. And the guard is like, fuck me. And she's like, no. <laughs> Just kidding. One exception. Anything but that. One exception. <laughs> anything but that, please. And then she has a flying squirrel named Momo that helps her, I guess, and uh, she takes out the guard. Um, uh, not the not the flying squirrel, but she does. The flying <laughs> yeah, squirrel helps. Yeah, this squirrel was so cute. Everyone, just go on the internet right now and just Google Momo. That's gonna it's go great. Do- <laughs> Nothing yeah. bad can happen. <laughs> oh shit! It's a great time for this uh, name to come up. <laughs> yeah. There are three things that come to mind. This thing, uh, Momo from uh, Avatar, and horror. <laughs> the bad meme. The bad. The bad if meme. you want the actual flying squirrel, it's a Japanese dwarf flying squirrel. It's very chubby and crazy big anime eyes. It's adorable. Excellent. So yeah. look up that, not Momo. <laughs> um, so she breaks into the jail to visit them, and she's like, hey, fellas, what's up? And they're like, how the fuck did you get in <laughs> Don't here? Worry about it. And she's just like, I need your guys' help. Please help me. Promise me right now that you'll help me. And they're like, uh, uh what? And then the guards come and chase her away because she doesn't want to get in jail either. Fu is a true, like, She's what's a very the pragmatic word? main character. Sure. <laughs> she just <laughs> yeah. knows when to leave, I guess. Is, is she wants to stick around, for. like, I can fight all of them. It's like, fuck this, I'm out. So yeah, good, good call. Oh, this is where she says that she wants to find a samurai that smells like sunflowers. I thought that was later on. This is where she mm-hmm. says that. That's her favor. Yeah, yeah she I'm... wants she wants them to help her find this guy. Yeah, it sets up the whole plot of the yeah, show. This is the main yeah. plot. Yeah, I thought she just mentioned it at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. but no. Um, so then we are kind of shown her, she's trying to stop the execution, pretty much. 
Um, so she goes into a shop and she's like, hey, can I have these things? And he's like, you can't afford that. And she's like, you're right, I can't, but can you please just give them to me, please? And then the guy's like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you thief. I'm a sap. <laughs> I'm a sap and you're cute. And then I've seen this gif of her running down the street <laughs> with bombs bombs in her kimono. <laughs> As she's running, they just look like ridiculous titties. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, threw me for a sec, because I was like, oh, are they getting into big anime titties right now? They they didn't establish this earlier, why did they just pop up mm. now? But, yeah, no, they're, they're not. There's a reason. <laughs> good. Nope. Yeah, I have, I have seen this, I know this, this was exciting. <laughs> um, so it's time for their execution, and they're up there, the governor is saying like, oh, beg for your lives, and they're like, no. We're tough guys, and we're not going to do that. Uh, and as this is happening, Fu is shown climbing up on the roof. She asks someone for a light, and the guy who was being harassed by the governor earlier hands one to her, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I love this full circle. <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork. Um, so they, uh, Mugen and Jean break free super easily because they're them, and they're super cool. Um, and they have no problem doing that, and they start fighting the bodyguards. They're just mowing them down. Mm -hmm. Um, and Fu climbs up on the roof and is getting ready to light the bombs. And, uh, <laughs> my notes here say, oh, Gene killed the governor. Lit. <laughs> and then I said, oh, now the bombs lit. are lit. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Double now, lit. Now it's really lit. But my favorite thing is that they turned out to be fireworks. So Fu just really knows how to put on a show. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I love it. Um, so they finish all this business. Yay, they're free. They're walking away. They're talking about how they still want to fight, which I feel like is strange. They went through this thing together. I'm like, can't you guys just chill? It's, it's kind of the anime trope of like the overpowered main character where it's like, you're the only one that can, I can fight one-on-one -on -one with. You're my rival, so we must fight. Like, they get the thrill of having a you know competent rival to fight against. Yeah. Yeah, because Gene also mentions that in that uh, restaurant fight, uh, Mugen is the only person he was unable to kill, so he sort of wants to keep his streak yeah. alive. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Fu's like, hey, no, you guys promised you would help me. And I was like, did, did well, they? Well, she got him out. Don't think they really did. Oh, that's true. Um, she did kind of save their lives yeah. almost. Um, and so she says, okay, I'm going to flip a coin. If it's heads, you guys can fight each other to the death. If it's tails, you guys are going to help me. And uh, Mugen throws it up really <laughs> high. Launches it. And they're waiting for it. It comes down. Pap. Lands on uh, Fu's forehead, and it's tails. And so the adventure <laughs> begins. Will they help her find her samurai? Will they? Will they actually find him? Here we go. <laughs> that should have just been the end slate. And so the adventure begins. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been me saying that exact yeah, thing yeah. I just said. <laughs> just completely incoherent. Great. They did it. It was so good. There it's great. Go. I'm so excited to see what happens next. <laughs> Adventure! <laughs> Yay! So that's episode one. I actually didn't I didn't watch the ending all the way through what? any time because I found it I don't uh -huh. know. 
boring. I'll listen to it separately, but <laughs> I think I was also just like tired. I was like, I yeah, don't know. I'll say, no, I, I was I'll say the visuals it. aren't great. I think it's flashbacks of Fu as a kid, but I'm not sure. It's just like mm. kind of like still shots of uh, you know different sceneries and scenes. Uh, but the music's got a good thump and beat to it. I would definitely recommend checking out the at least the end song. I will find I'll it. Find you. Stay alive. <laughs> and then we get to episode six. So yeah, uh, so we sort of uh, get filled in by the narrator uh, saying that they're off on their quest uh, for the journey to find the sunflower-smelling samurai, uh, and they are uh, now in the town of Edo. Uh, mm-hmm. And when they arrive, uh, I really loved, we sort of, as soon as they get in the city, we see shots of this group of people walking around with baskets on their mm-hmm. heads. And uh, it's great because I'm playing Sekiro <laughs> right now. And there's a village with a bunch of people with baskets on their heads. Uh, and this, it's, it's this good is, stuff. Do they also uh, wear clogs? Mm, I have to double check. <laughs> but uh, This is one thing I see a ton in anime and like Japanese games of like the feudal era of Japan. I don't know if it ever actually happened. Like these weaved baskets with like eye slots to, like, to see through them. It just seems silly to me. Yeah, if it's that prominent, I assume there's something yeah. to it. Uh, but we're all Americans, <laughs> and we know yeah. nothing. My knowledge of Japan comes from anime and anything I've looked up, <laughs> and that's not much. So yeah, speaking of uh, uh, <laughs> white people loving Japan, <laughs> so we get back to this episode. Uh, so they get into the city, and they are there on the day of sort of like an all-you-can-eat contest uh, where they are lining up because they're like, hey, this is so great. Uh, it's a free sign-up, so we can just go eat as much food as we want. It's no pressure for the competition. Uh, and when they get to the front of the line, they realize that there is a fee, uh, and since they can't put up the money, they all uh, put up their swords. Uh, so they are basically now on the line to win or else they lose Mm -hmm. their swords Mm -hmm. the currency was one shoe and i was like okay so give me a shoe (laughs) an actual shoe that's what i thought i was like why is that such a big deal um excuse me they're wearing sandals (laughs) the winner has a bunch of left shoes and nothing to do with them (laughs) what am i supposed to do with these Uh, so, uh, they, uh, join this contest, we see, uh, basically everyone in town is gathered because it's their big annual event, uh, the former champions are there, there's also this new stranger with a big, uh, straw hat covering his face, uh, but everyone's just chomping away, and basically it's all you can eat, uh, call over the next bowl, they keep track by like number of bowls it's like rice and meat uh and uh you signal to uh surrender by uh putting your hands together uh to like yeah, bow like out for your life uh so everyone's munching away munch, munch, munch. <laughs> uh gene is out on the first bowl <laughs> just so sad <laughs> <laughs> uh we see uh everyone is just chomping munching away uh, Mugen's out uh, not too long after, and everyone dwindles down except for Fu and this uh, uh, masked stranger. Uh, Mystery who we- man. Yes. 
so all the champions are out. They blast past the former record of 22 bowls. Uh, and now it's just the two uh, visitors to this town who are still in. Uh, but Fu, oh no, there's a fly in front of her face. And when she claps it to uh, kill it and stop annoying her, uh, that's the signal to surrender. So she is out. And this no. uh, this this big boy stranger is our winner. The, the idea of eating 20 <laughs> bowls of rice and any kind of meat is... Ugh. It made me want pokey. <laughs> oh, and they also established that uh, Fu is 15 here. Ah, so yes. got that teen yeah. appetite. Mm, bottomless oh, pit. How I miss those days. <laughs> I never had those days. I still I mean, live I was those a bottomless days. pit, but I didn't stay thin like <laughs> Fu did. <laughs> uh... So yeah, uh, uh, Jean is pissed that the swords were lost, uh, but this champion uh, walks up to them to sort of uh, congratulate Fu on lasting so long. Uh, And then without the hat, we see he's big, has blue eyes, pale skin, and speaks with a Dutch accent. Red hair. (laughs) Because, yeah, uh, he is very European. (laughs) No, 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 Mm -hmm. he is from Japan. His name is Jinjo. Or Jochi. Oh, man, I can make a really fun joke later, but neither of you will get it. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, I misheard him, so I wrote it down as Georgie. <laughs> I like that, too. He tries but to come off as Japanese, I, which he clearly is not. His name probably is Georgie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, he wants the swords back, or uh, Gene wants the swords back, and he's like, oh, no, but I won them. Or, sorry, oh no, but I won them! But he promises to return the swords to them uh, if they will act as tour guides, because he is here visiting to sightsee. Because, uh, yeah, he is a tourist visiting Japan. Uh, and Mugen and Fu are like, hey, we don't know anything, because we're also visiting. But Gene uh, just needing them, them blades back. He's like, oh yes, I I was the former master tour guide of this town. I will show you everything. Just lie. Please follow my lead. Through his teeth. Uh, so yeah, we get a, a a fun montage of them looking around. Uh, but we also establish that uh, the guards are on the lookout for a European who snuck into mm-hmm. town. I wonder who it could be. Hmm. This is still. Around, like, uh, the kind of overzealot, like, isolation phase of Japan, where they, they didn't really take kindly to strangers or foreigners from different countries. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, uh, on the tour, we see them just making up all the facts, uh, and uh, they end the day at a restaurant, and Gene's like, okay, you got your tour, give me my swords. And he's like, oh, no, we barely scratched the surface. Uh, tomorrow, we pick up again. <laughs> uh, so. At this point, the guards uh, come into the restaurant looking for this European, uh, and while they're cornered, uh, Mugen causes a stink by back-talking to them, uh, and it, it it leads to a fight, uh, and they are able to escape and run away. I think these might also be the only police force we see in the show actually doing their job and not being skeezy criminals. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to fight, uh, especially in the restaurant. They're like, "Please, let's just go outside." And Mugen's the one that stirs everything up. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Uh, 
so they escape, they hide out, and then the next day they're still on the loose, looking out for all of them. Uh, but uh, Georgie wants to go Georgie. see a, a Japanese beauty show. Uh, just all the reputation of all the beautiful women in Japan. He needs to go to this display. Uh, and uh, he promises that this is the last stop, and he will show, or he will give the uh, swords back after the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go in. He's absolutely loving it. Uh, all the others are concerned because uh, they don't think Georgie knows that it is a drag show and it is uh, <laughs> men dressed up as women. Uh, but when he goes backstage and sees uh, the performer out of costume, uh, he he freaks out but falls in love even <laughs> more. Because Brendan knows how to pick episodes all I like. I'll be honest with you, I totally forgot about this plot point. I just remembered this episode. It worked out, though. Uh, I'm so- the one. I'm the one who delivers the gay. Everyone, know your boundaries. At least on purpose. Hey, it works out. Yeah. But uh, here's where I can make the joke. If anybody knows Legally Blonde the musical, he's gay and European. Ha, ha, okay. Uh, no. There's a song called Gay and okay. European. I'm sorry. <laughs> Camille gets it. Camille will get it. Please, for the love of God, get this reference. <laughs> please, someone. <laughs> someone, please. Welcome we need this. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we get a little, little flashback of Georgie. Uh, living in Holland, where he is unaccepted because he loves men, uh, but then he reads a, a book from Japan uh, depicting uh, life of a group of men who love each other and how it's more accepting and open, uh, so he goes to visit because he wants uh, that acceptance that he doesn't get yeah, at it's home. a book about like Bushido lifestyle and how men, uh, following the way of like, samurai, isolate themselves from women intentionally. And then th- that develops into a kinship among the men they're living with, and then that can lead into uh, different kinds of love. And it's it's more embracing of it, saying like, yeah, it's you know the way Japan Japan lifestyles are set up now. It's you know it's not too uncommon. But I think this book may be a bit of an outlier from what we've seen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, while they're backstage, uh, the guards finally corner them and uh, come in to arrest him. Uh, they're also followed by these basket heads. That feels uh, like a slur. They... <laughs> you basket heads. Get out of my country, you basket heads. Uh, but that works because they are also European. Their clogs gave it away. <laughs> Why are they wearing know. those? They're also from yeah. Holland. Uh, so yeah, uh, this leads into a chase. Uh, they end up running out, uh, onto the stage where all the crowd's like, uh, is this the next uh, act? What? That what is trip. this? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so they're about to attack, but the Baskethead people, uh, are there because, uh, they are all a part of the East India Trading Company, mm-hmm. and they have a, uh, pass, uh, saying that Georgie is a, uh, sort of ambassador, and he is allowed to be in the country. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, so I watched all of these mm-hmm. dubbed. Um, Me too. Uh, Brendan, did you watch I this watched dubbed? I watched this one subbed. Okay. Uh, so they speak to each other mm-hmm. in Dutch. Uh, did it have that translated for you? Yes. Oh, did it not in the dub? 
Uh, <laughs> no. We had no translation oh, for great. that. So I want to check in because I may have missed something. <laughs> they basically explained that Georgie is actually like their leader, like of that branch of their division. And yeah, they're in Japan f- for business and are allowed to be in this country. And they were hunting him down because he kind of broke off on his own to try and find more of like a way he could live there. He he was planning to stay in Japan and live there uh, because it was more accepting of a country than Holland. But uh, when he's talking, it's basically saying like uh, the other trader is basically saying like, hey, you can't just break off from all your duties. Like you got to come back and at least finish the deal we have set up. And George is kind of like, Ugh, okay. Like, kind of reluctant, but he's, like, he's, you know, he's still loyal to his guys, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, since it was so vague, I couldn't tell if they were just, like, covering for him, and they were also, like, yeah, we also just love Japan. <laughs> These are fake papers. We're You're, <laughs> you're cool. Just hang we're out with us. Weebs. Uh, <laughs> love it. Uh, but yeah, that, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they uh, go there separate, or uh, they meet up about to leave. Uh, they finally get all their stuff back, uh, and before they go, uh, Fu asks uh, Georgie about the sunflower samurai, uh, and he's like, "I don't know anything about that, but I know the Dutch brought sunflowers to Japan, so uh, probably related to the Dutch trading mm-hmm. somehow." Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, she also shows him, like, a little skull charm that she has, and he's like, oh, this is, uh, super secret, don't show this to anyone, uh, but go to Nagasaki, uh, there's probably more of a chance of finding him there. Uh, mm. and that's about where we end off this yeah. episode. And that leads us right into episode nine. Well, not right into, like, three episodes later leads us into episode nine. It's a numbers <laughs> word. Uh, for our purposes. <laughs> for the purposes of this show. Yeah. <laughs> and it opens up with a little old man in a little hut talking to, uh, I guess, a younger coworker. And we find out this old guy's retiring the next day. Today's his last day. He's, f- he's getting off the force. He's done. And the uh, <laughs> I'm too I'm old. I'm too for old this for this shit. And the younger guy's kind of saying, like, oh, you're such a prominent, like, checkpoint guard. And, you know, you never let anyone escape. Like, you always, you always did a great job. And he's like, oh, yeah, get back to work. And the old guy starts reminiscing. He's like, well, there was that one day. (laughs) 30 years back. So this is actually like Mugen, Gene, Fu's like timeline. So the past, it's the present for them. Past for, uh, it's confusing. Anyway, we go back. Past for the old man. Past for the old man. (laughs) And we see the gang just on a roadside shop talking about like getting tea and talking about like travel permits. Saying, like, oh, there's a checkpoint coming up, and we'll need to have travel permits to get through that point. And Mugen's like, ah, is it really that important? Like, yeah, it's it's kind of like the hardest checkpoint in the country. Like, they're pretty legit, and they'll just kill you outright. Like, they don't really take uh, prisoners, and, you know, they're pretty brutal. So we'll need to find permits. And conveniently, at that moment, a man walks by saying, like, hey, I got some travel permits, I'll sell you. They're like, great. And as it usually is with this case, they're fake. Because don't just trust people who just mm. give you whatever you just conveniently needed at that moment. Yeah. Also, don't trust the guy who is also selling good luck charms with yeah. the papers that will lead to your death if they're not good. <laughs> What's the worst? <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't have a big old gold tooth. <laughs> and when they go to the checkpoint, they find out they're fake. And, of course, they immediately are arrested. And uh, the punishment for fake travel passes is execution. It's 
seems like that's the punishment for everything this time. Yeah. yeah. Also, they're trying to be like, yeah, we didn't but we know. Didn't it's know. Like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We Still gonna know. kill you. It's like that. All right, that's a bit much. And uh, while Fu and Jean are kind of just like, yeah, you know, you caught us. We didn't know. Mugen's still trying to fight the guards off, even though they're arresting him. And when they tie them all up, they wrap them up in straw mats, which is an interesting way of uh, restraining somebody. And they bring them to, I guess, this is just another division or, like, the prison of this checkpoint. And we see a bunch of other guys tied up in the straw mats, just thrown into a pile, like, laying on top of each other. It's like, man, that's brutal. And mm-hmm. the... The old man from the beginning is kind of the narrator for this episode, so he gives us little insights, saying, like, oh, this guard, this guy monitoring, like, all the prisoners we arrested at the checkpoint, he's, you know, he's your typical corrupt government official. He's brutalizes the prisoners. He'll kill them sometimes, you know. And every now and then we gotta check to make sure they have a bounty on them, because that way we can get some extra money. And if there is a bounty, we send them back to the place where they, you know, have the warrant out for their arrest. And it's at that time we see one guy had a bounty on him, and they're going through the pile of all the guys wrapped up in the mats, just like, is this him? No. Is this him? No. Just throwing him aside. <laughs> and they find him, and they're like, ah, oh, shit. We already killed him. It's like, well, we can still get some of the bounty. And they cut off his head. We don't see it, but they cut off his head, and then they give it to Mugen, kind of saying, like, hey, if you can run this back to the village nearby, and then come back before sundown, We'll let you and your friends go. If you don't, we'll kill them. So, do it. And (laughs) we also see... uh, uh, Oh, man, I jumped around on my notes a bit. Sorry. Um, He also warns them the village they're going to is kind of, like, exiled a bit. And people don't like going through there. They say there's weird Tengu, which I guess are... I don't know the exact translation. So, I guess it's, like, kind of, like, monsters or demons or something. And they're kind of saying... Even soldiers don't like going through there while they're, like, changing stations and stuff. So it's it's a very isolated village that's kind of got a bad reputation around. Tengu are a type of legendary creature found in Japanese folk religion and are also considered a type of Shinto god or yokai. yokai. Damn, you beat me. I was also trying to Google it. <laughs> it's an episode we've had. Wow. It's almost as if we have a thing at our disposal that can tell us anything we want if we just looked things up. Right. We should probably use that more often. <laughs> and uh, as Mugen... And we will never <laughs> use it again. Don't expect us to ever one, be right it's at one time this point. And Mugen takes off, and while he's running to the village, he gets a little suspicious. He's like, I think someone's trying to sell me something. No. Trying to, like, follow me. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> and... He hides behind, like, a Buddha statue and then jumps out when he tries to catch the guy following him. And we find out it, it's just some guy. He's just out for a jog. He's just, you know, trying to live a healthy lifestyle and goes on jogs every now and then. That's all. Voiced yeah. by Sam Regal. And, Love and it. he's like, okay, I guess I'm not being followed. And starts running. And then the camera pans back to where it was. And we see the old guy from the beginning. It's him as a younger guy actually following him. He was sent to follow Mugen to make sure he did everything right. I told you he was on to us. <laughs> and as Mugen keeps running, he's like, no, I'm I'm definitely being followed. And then he kind of sees, I guess the camera pans back, or rather they run up forward, and we kind of see it's a bunch of ninjas. or They're all dressed in black wearing these masks with a big long nose. And I suppose that's what the Tenku looks like? I'm not too sure. Um, uh, yes, from the Google that yeah. image came up. 
those like masks are mm-hmm. symbols of it. So the Tengu of the village nearby, uh, the uh, the rumored uh, monsters are actually following him, and we can say, "All right, time to lose these guys," and just starts going crazy, jumping around through trees and swinging and jumping through rivers and stuff, trying to lose them. And he loses some of them, but then he ends up. Does he jump off a cliff? Is that the big thing he did to like? I he like ends up. He doesn't know where he is, and then he like sees a clearing. And I think he, like, falls well, down in yeah, a trap. I think he, as opposed to, like, I don't think he would just walk off of well, a I cliff. Well, I thought he jumped off, like, a big cliff and then swung off a branch and something to, like, you know, break his fall. And that was, like, the big way of, like, cutting the trail so they weren't following him. Remember a cliff for some reason. Oh. Um, I think so. I thought you meant after he after he. Yeah, then once he lands, he's like, all right, I lost him. Wait, where am I? And then it cuts back to mm-hmm. Jean and Fu in their jail cell, like, while they're being hunted. They're like, man, I hope Mugen didn't get lost. And the whole time it just keeps cutting back to them in a jail cell and Fu's just saying, like, I hope this doesn't happen exactly <laughs> as it happens to Mugen. So, very well, predictable. And as Mugen's walking around in this, like, strange field, he's like, huh, these plants are kind of weird. He falls into a pitfall trap. And gotcha, it's the Tengu. They caught him. You busted. And we find out this is, uh, or at the same time, the old man, old young man official is uh, also lost Mugen. So he's kind of, like, wandering around on his own. And so when he stumbles upon um, a big, he hears like drums, and as he follows it, he follows, he finds a big field of, or not a field, but a big gathering of the Tengu all together, and they all have their mask off, and he's like, oh, these are the warrior priests that are back from old times, back when there was wars, they would, I guess it would be kind of like militias, they'd be calling small town militias that would kind of help the villagers of that area when the government couldn't during war times. And they're kind of an, a relic of the past. They, they aren't around anymore because we aren't at war anymore. So the war priests shouldn't be around. But I guess they still are. And there's this big purple haze going around everybody. And this is when, like, the drumming's happening and we see the leader of the Tengu come out. And he gives this big speech and he addresses the whole crowd, kind of saying, like, their motives. And saying, like, you know, a stray dog has the freedom to do what they want where a lap dog is, you know, obedient to the government and stuff like this. Basically saying they're going to try and lead a rebellion against the government. And, you know, they're, they're bring, bringing back Poo. those war times they love so much. And they say with their special grass, they will end all violence. And wow. yeah, they will. They bring out uh, Mugen up on stage saying like, hey, we caught one of the government dogs. Even though he's not, he's just, he's doing an errand for him, but they think he's part of the government. And... Um, Mugen basically says in a roundabout way of saying like hey if you're really so free and you really think you're hot shit why do you need this big crowd kind of saying like fighting in crowds is for cowards fight me one on one and I'll take you down old man and the leader just kind of knocks him down saying like oh you got a little spunk in you I like that I'm gonna kill you tomorrow cause execution you gotta do it it's the staple <laughs> of the show yeah that I love this trope of we need to execute you. Let's give you 24 yeah, hours. Nothing bad will happen within that time. What could go wrong? <laughs> this is like the third time they're like, we're going to execute you after several hours where you can either escape or run this away. This is also the only in the three episodes we've watched that has happened that much. It happens more times in the other episodes, I can assure you. So that is kind of one thing that just keeps happening. Uh, so the leader announced he'll execute him tomorrow. And they wrap him up in another straw mat and throw him into a storage house because they don't really have a pris- uh, prisoner cell. They're not, you know, prepared for that. So they just throw him in the storage room and put a guard outside. And it's around this time the 
you know, young official that was following Mugen finds him and goes up to the storehouse and breaks in and trying to trying to help him out, trying to get this guy free so he can finish his delivery and they can both get out of here. And uh, he's caught, busted. He's also thrown into the storage room all rolled up in a mat. And, you know, they talk for a bit. They kind of introduce themselves. They're saying, like, oh, you know, why were you following me? He's like, oh, just making sure that you did the job and did just bail on your friends. And it's around this time the uh, official was able to, like, dislocate his shoulder, or at least maybe both of them, and kind of squeeze his way out of the mat and get out of his restraints. And he takes Smoogit. Yeah. Flexible. And I believe he's also, vo- the younger one is voiced by uh, Liam O'Brien. Um, and he takes Mugen's uh, flip-flop, or flip-flop, uh, sandal. And he's like, flip-flop. flip They're flop. the same to me. <laughs> he takes it and he's like, oh, I'm going to need this for a bit. And, you know, sorry to kind of leave you here, but I got to get out. And starts a fire on in the storage room where they keep all of their supplies and stuff. And he does the, you know, the little trope of like, oh, fire, fire, help, somebody. And the guard sees it, runs in, and then the official knocks out the guard. And this is the, his way of escaping. And he goes back and uh, helps Mugen out, too. So I think the best part of this is uh, to make it seem like that he is still mm-hmm. in the mat. He uses the severed head and lays it next to the mat so it looks like yeah, he's yeah. still there. <laughs> it was a good attention to detail they had. And when... Uh, Everyone's freaking out about this fire because it's spreading because they have a bunch of crops uh, around by. And Mugen and the official are trying to sneak through the fields, like, you know, since the fields are, uh, like, chest high, maybe about that. So they're able to, like, duck down a bit and try and sneak through without being caught. But they don't. They're caught. You're busted. And the leader's there with a bunch of the other Tengu warrior priests basically saying, like, well, if you wanted to speed up your execution so much, you might. You should have just told us. We could have just killed you tonight. So they're like, well, I guess that's what's going to happen. And Mugen starts fighting them all and just diving in and out of the grass, like popping up like a you know gopher and just taking guys out left and right. And uh, right when he's about to fight the leader, the leader's like going on and on about this rant about like, our, you ruined our plans. Our grass is going to like, you know, destroy all war. Like no one was going to fight anymore. It was going to pacify everyone. And while he's going on this rant, he's kind of just... <laughs> The colors are kind of getting weird, and like the animation's getting real, they're just real loose and sloppier, and it's just like yeah, psychedelics. And <laughs> I'm I'm realizing these guys are just hippies. <laughs> yeah, they just want their grass they just to help, help people the, with their grass. Help stop the war. Grass. They do also want to kill the government, but uh, they do also want to yeah. kill the government. They want to <laughs> tear it down for the. I mean, anarchist hippies. That works. There's, a, there's some like sure. those. I think there's a documentary on Netflix actually about that. There's a group in like... Anyway. And... Um, <laughs> we love a cult. And at this time, Gene and Fu are back there and they're just like, well, it's sundown. I, I hope he's coming so we don't die. That would suck. Like, Fu's just kind of like, yeah, just give him, give him more time. Like, he, he's, he's coming. Maybe he just got a little turned around or something. I'm, I'm sure he'll come in. Like, give him a few more minutes. And it's at that moment we see someone running up on the horizon. Uh, you know, in front of the sunset. It's like, oh, Mugen, he's back. He saved us. Nope, it's the jogger again. He's just, he loves jogging. He just loves running around. <laughs> he just gotta maintain he just a healthy lifestyle. Just gotta get healthy. Yeah. She's kind of like, well, shit. I guess Mugen's not coming back. And they throw up Jean and Fu up on the cross because they're going to get executed. And they crucify him. I guess that's their go-to method. And it's around... 
Yeah, that was yeah. a choice. We see it a few times. Um, but yeah, so they're up on the cross and they're, they got all the spears and they're ready to uh, execute them, I guess, with the guards. And the, I guess, the lead guard, who is kind of the corrupt dog we uh, saw earlier, is kind of saying, like, ah, your friends never come back. You wasted your time. And it's kind of gloating. It's just like, <laughs> you dumb idiots. <laughs> and it's like really laughing and just really, really just dig- going at it. And it's just like, oh, wow, this guy's kind of losing his mind. And we see the all the other guards dropping their spears, and they're kind of laughing too. And everyone's kind of just like dancing out, dancing and freaking out, just kind of like really going nuts. And we see the purple haze from the fields, so like kind of billowing in over the bait, the checkpoint, and it's kind of getting everyone real loopy. Saying, and we hear the narrator saying like, "Oh yeah, everyone had a good night that time. Everyone went through the checkpoint. This is the night that was ripped out of the documentation book, and everyone got through peasants and." thieves alike and the guards were dancing the prisoners were dancing the frogs were dancing some yeah. bullfrogs and yeah <laughs> they're all yeah, equals they all had a good time and we're really just going nuts and Fu and Jean I guess weren't as affected and they're kind of like oh alright let's I think they I think the the logic is that they were like above the smoke because they were up on those yeah. crosses or maybe they just got down and we just didn't see what they did that night and the next because it's the next day, Ooh. and we just see Gene and Fu leaving, and they're just like, God, I can't believe Mugen just, like, you know, screwed us over like that. I can't believe he left. It's like, what a dick. It's like, well, I hope he's far away. Like, you know, I hope we don't find him, because I don't know what I'll do if I find him. I'm so mad. And as they're <laughs> saying that, they stumble upon all the warrior priests and Mugen, who are still just high off their balls. Just Just blade. so loosey. Because <laughs> it turns out that special grass, it was weed. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm, I'm plugging my microphone. This is our 420 episode. That's why I picked Samurai Shampoo. I'm so mad. So the sole reason I picked this show because it's one of the very, very few that actually has drug paraphernalia in it, especially weed, because it's so strictly uh, regulated and moderated in Japan to the point where I think a guy. There's a guy in a Yakuza game that's all about criminals was arrested on drug charges, so they recalled the game and are recasting him and are getting him out of the entire game. Like that's how serious they take any drug offenses in Japan. So it's very hard wow. to find a weed anime, and this is the one, and it's a good one. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much upset. Uh, <laughs> I'm mad, but I'm, also I can't be mad. I'm I'm glad you. I feel doomed. Gotcha. That's the thing. I feel smeckled <laughs> That's not even a word, and I agree with you. Uh, yeah, you know how to pick a show I like. I just choose not to. Why don't you ever do it? Weed. I know what you like, and I just go against it all the time. <laughs> but gotta make me but wait this for one it. Time. But it's also just a good show. Yeah, I uh. What we're at that point, I was really liking yeah. this show. Weeb are there. Good. Uh, weeb there. Weeb there weeb, now. Weed, you're be weed there. are there. Ah, weed. Shit. Leave it away. <laughs> I'll edit some in. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, even beyond the weed and gay stuff. <laughs> Uh, just some, just some I I really like when historical uh, shows don't take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like one of my favorite movies is A Knight's oh, Tale yeah. because it's just medieval knights, but they have like a queen and all like the modern music mm-hmm. playing because uh, you you need some like examples. You're not gonna get jazzed hearing some like uh, harpsichord. <laughs> you can only hear green so, sleeves. Might as well have so some fun times. with it. I was thinking about that uh, recently with just movies and stuff, and a lot big complaint I hear with a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, it's so unrealistic. It's like that's kind of what I love about like Bollywood movies of like, this is going to be ridiculous and we're going full force <laughs> into it. It's like, hell yeah. Like Kung <laughs> Pao and those two, like movies. It's like, these is, this is insane. And I mm. love it. Like you just want to have a good time and not everything <laughs> yeah. has to be a realistic, you know, depiction of what that scenario would be. So this is a show where, yeah, they have that disclaimer in the beginning of like, this isn't what really happened. We're not even going to pretend like it's what really happened. We're here just to have a good time and tell a fun story. Yeah, and because, like, even yeah. all the details we think we know are fake. And for A Knight's Tale, I I wrote a paper about this oh. in college, so I have some info. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Um, but uh, the director was like, yeah, people always, they're like, hey, just throw in some, like, violin music for medieval stuff. And it's like, violins were invented 200 years after medieval times, so even that's fake. So if the go-to thing <laughs> is still wrong, might as well lean into being wrong and make mm-hmm. it fun. Yeah. Use that word again. Stylized. Stylized. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter, where, where Hogwarts is invented before indoor plumbing. So they're just like, yeah, they just poop everywhere that they want, make it disappear. It's like, it's like, hey, J.K. Rowling, stop we don't it. need to know that. Hey, hey, knock it off. <laughs> hey, J.K. Rowling, you just ruined Just stop your talking for like a minute. <laughs> um, I found what I found delightful at least in the episodes we watched, is how uh, unsexualized Fu is. Yeah, and the one uh, time they do do it, it's because she's smuggling bombs. <laughs> yeah, it's she a fun is. joke. Yeah. And even when, even when like that guy is like, oh, you'll have sex with me, she's like, no, mm-hmm. and she like beats him up. Mm-hmm. And I think what I especially like about it, thinking back all the way back uh. to Gurren Lagann, um, Yoko does that too, where like if people vocalize like they're sexualization of her she's like fuck off but like the show sexualizes her so it's like Mm -hmm. still icky but with this the show doesn't sexualize yeah i believe and i I believe there's only one episode where she's fairly sexualized because she's undercover as like a concubine for like in a red light district or something Mm -hmm. so it is relevant to the plot but even then it's not grotesque it's not to like such a gross level to the point where a girl on like, just does, by default, like, just have Yoko standing around. She's very sexualized. And and that... Ups- yeah. Just, like, all the shots. Just, yeah. like, the shots of her ass and stuff. Like, she can be wearing whatever she wants, but it's the, the drawings and the mm-hmm. the way she's animated. And, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not for fan service. It's for plot when yeah. it comes up. And Cowboy Bebop does the same thing. It's, yeah. it's pretty respectful. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it, too. This was a good, a good show. Good podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll debate you on that. <laughs> we'll see. We're still, we're still young. Destroy our own podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, oh, that's that's what we have for so this week. Uh, uh, thank you for introducing this to me. Uh, because I've heard such good things about this in Cowboy Bebop. So this is is it's nice to have it justified. And it's pretty short, so you could probably yeah. just burn through it in like a week or two. Yeah, it's like. What, 36, 26 oh, episodes? Shit, really? I don't think, <laughs> maybe it's not as short as I thought it was. Yeah, it's I, it's more than 12, uh, but it, it's still fairly quick. More than 12, but less than 900. <laughs> uh, 26, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, oh. not too bad. Somewhere between Fooly Cooly and One Piece. <gasps> oh. 
Well, it's only 800 some. Uh, I will also say, uh, as a teaser, you know, it's not much of a spoiler. There's a baseball episode, and it's very good. <laughs> wow. This show's got it all. I also like that in the episodes, I didn't feel lost. Like, I feel like in the past, when we jump around, I felt lost. But because they are, like, their mm-hmm. own storylines, I I could understand what was yeah. going on. Yeah, it did help how episodically plot-oriented it was, rather than an overarching narrative. Yeah, we do get a little development with, like, Mugen and Jean in some episodes with, like, their backstories. But it's pretty much the search for the Sunflower Samurai is, like, the only real, like, multi-episode plot. And like we saw in these episodes, it's kind of just like, hey, do you know this guy? No? All right, point me in the right direction. And that's it. Like, that's the most we get. So it's mm. it's easy to skip around. Yeah. Next. Lit. All right. So what do we have going on next week? Next week, we're watching a show that I've never seen but heard only good things about called Bloom Into Ooh. You. We're going to watch the first Taking three episodes. Taking a gamble, going in blind. I mean, it I has- know what it's about, so I'm confident. <laughs> Uh, it has not paid off for us <laughs> in the past. <laughs> I. Or let I, me rephrase I, that. I it has not feeling. gone great for me in the past. <laughs> I have a good feeling about it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week. And if there is a show uh, you, the listener, would like us to watch, feel free to tweet at us. Are we there yet on Twitter and Instagram? Or you can reach out to our email, are we there yet at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Patrick Dugan. You can find me on Instagram at Queen Period Weeaboo and uh, on Twitter at Queen underscore Weeaboo. You can find me on Twitter at ABTS Brendan. It stands for Almost Better Than Sounds, which is my other podcast about video games. And thank you to Camille Ruley for our artwork. And thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme song stories off the album Beats. You can find... All of Louis's music at louisong.bandcamp.com. And thank you, Camille Rowley, for getting Th- the anus reference earlier. <laughs> yes, yeah. thank you. We, Hopefully. We need verification that you listened and heard. <laughs> it's a test. <laughs> Tweet it. <us. laughs> All right. Well, thank you, and we hope you will join us next time as we learn to live with anime. Bye. Samurai Shodan. I got nothing. It's a hard segue. <laughs> <laughs>